Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Welcome to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. I'm Malika Andrews. Big news in the NBA. You might have heard Kyrie Irving was traded to the Dallas Mavericks on Sunday. And now that we're about 24 hours removed from that, I think it's natural to turn to some questions that are still unanswered. Namely, how will that new backcourt in Dallas work? I mean, we're talking about two generational talents. They both like the ball in their hands, and they're excellent in isolation. So good thing Zach Lowe is here to help us out. And then I'm also wondering, where does this leave Brooklyn, especially Kevin Durant? So Woj, he's going to be with us shortly on that front. And then of all the teams who are interested in Kyrie, perhaps none was more intriguing than the Los Angeles Acres, but that didn't happen. So what does LeBron think about that? Well, moments ago, he sat down exclusively with our Michael Wilbon. Well, definitely disappointed. I can't sit here and say I'm not disappointed on not being able to land such a talent, but someone that I had great chemistry with and know I got great chemistry with on the floor that can help you win, um, you know, championships in my, in my mind, in my eyes. Um, but my focus has shifted now. Um, my focus has shifted back to where it should be, and that's this, that's this club now and what we have in the locker room. That's and a guys quick pivot, LeBron. It's a quick pivot, quick pivot. It don't take me long. It don't take me long. I don't, I don't get too excited um, about the possibilities of things that can be. I, I, I kind of envision myself on what it can, but I don't, I don't invest it all the way into until I know it's happening. Okay. And, and when it does not happen, I, I'm, I'm back locked in on the job at hand. So, um, you know, we had an opportunity. I th- our, our names was out there. The Lakers' name was out there. We had an opportunity. Didn't happen. We move on and we, we, we uh, finish the season strong, try to, try to get a bid into the postseason where I feel um, if we go in healthy and we compete with anybody. Disappointed, which I, I think is fair. Brian Windhorst, Zach Lowe, Kendrick Perkins is going to be joining us. Brian, you and I were sitting in the control room listening to this interview as it came in. You've covered LeBron James for years, and it was interesting to sort of watch what made your ears perk up. What stood out to you? We should play I Love L.A. from Randy Newman over, the, over this <laughs> interview because he is absolutely just keeps giving the Lakers more and more respect, more and more slack. He signs the contract extension before this year to remove all pressure. Mm-hmm. Even last year, after they didn't do anything at the trade deadline and upset him, he still signed that contract extension. And here we are. We, whatever that tweet meant yesterday, and he tried to explain it to Michael, and I didn't, I didn't quite understand the explanation. We'll see that later. But he just likes being here in L.A., and he keeps giving the Lakers trust. And I will say this. There are four days left. Yeah. It's four days between now and Friday, or now and Thursday. And... The Lakers didn't get this deal done. They should really try to get something done because at some point, I got to believe that patience is going to end. But he has never given this kind of slack to Miami. He's never given this kind of slack to Cleveland either time. But, he, but the Lakers, they get the slack. I'll tell you what stood out to me. I hadn't, I hadn't seen it yet. Mm. Is when he was talking about Kyrie adding to the championship foundation. He said, at least I think 
I think, and I thought the implication of that was maybe some other people in my organization don't think, but that's my opinion, and I want you all to know that's my opinion. And I agree with Brian. I think if LeBron had his druthers, he'd finish his career a Laker. He'd finish his career in Los Angeles. I don't think he wants to leave. But between this and some of his recent comments he made about, I don't want, I don't want my career to end with this level of losing about six weeks ago, if you remember that, yeah. I do think there is going to be – the, the patience is not infinite, I don't think. Mm-hmm. And, and the Lakers – are on some kind of clock because, you know, the guy's going to want a shot to win a championship, and right now he doesn't have one. Very interesting. I want to get Kendrick Perkins' thought on this in just a little bit. The Lakers, I mean, they obviously missed out on Kyrie here. There's some details of the trade that I do want to show you now. Uh, The details of this trade, because we saw, yes, we did see Kyrie Irving heading to the Mavericks, but also Markeith Morris heading to the Mavericks. And then the Nets, they received Dorian Finney-Smith. They also get Spencer Dinwiddie back in Brooklyn. And then you can see a couple of picks there as well. So ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski, he's joining us now. Uh, Because Woj, when we spoke yesterday during the game broadcast, you reported that the Nets, they essentially got back what they wanted, right? Which was players that they could put around Kevin Durant. So where does this stand with Kevin Durant now? Well, Malika, the the Nets are proceeding now as though, you know, Kevin Durant will, will be Back in the lineup, whether that's prior to the All-Star break or just after the All-Star break, based on uh, the expectations coming back from that MCL sprain. And, and they're canvassing the market now like a lot of contenders or, or would-be contenders uh, to see uh, what deals they can make. This is a very difficult trade market for teams like Brooklyn and Philadelphia, uh, the Clippers, uh, teams who want to improve themselves Uh, Milwaukee because there's just so few sellers out there. I think a lot of the focus of the league right now is on Toronto Hmm. uh, to see who, if really any of those key players in Toronto um, are going to be really available. I think Toronto is talking on a number of players, uh, but I think they're gauging what the market is. And listen, Masai Ujiri does not easily go off of guys he's drafted, developed, uh, had a measure of success with. And so I think a lot of the marketplace wants to see how that shakes out with the Raptors. And I think they may very well take that uh, deeper into this week. But Brooklyn, listen, their goal is to try to continue to build around Kevin Durant to win with him here in the short term uh, and to keep him tethered to this organization. You know, they've got three first round picks, one they picked up yesterday, you know, that they could also use in trades uh, but again, to bring back impact players right now in this marketplace, I think it's unclear whether the Nets have enough uh, to, to do that, especially given the competition and how many other teams out there are trying to do exactly the same thing. Yeah, certainly all eyes on Toronto as we march ter- toward that trade deadline on Thursday. Woj, thank you so much. Sticking with Kyrie Irving here, Woj also reported that Kyrie, he's expected to arrive in Dallas today for his physical and then debut Wednesday against the Clippers. But... We're going to get more into Kyrie. There's kind of so much that we need to delve into here. Tristan Thompson, welcome into the conversation. Your reaction to this trade? What's going to happen to KD? Kevin Durant. Right. I mean, this, this, I don't think any of the trades that were available were going to be a win for the Nets. Right. I think at this point you want to collect assets and, and, and picks. I think that's what the Nets are doing because if KD does say he wants a trade, and once out, you got to have picks ready. Right. And we're talking about a big three. 
And by the way, the big three I'm talking about is James Harden, Kyrie Irving, and Kevin Durant. That then was a big three with Ben. We're, we're whittled down to essentially a big one, considering what Ben Simmons has been able to give the Nets, at least thus far. Not writing him off. I know Kendrick Perkins, you're ready to, to join the conversation here. I mean, I, I, I want to put it bluntly. If you're Kevin Durant, you played with him, you know him well, do you want to be in Brooklyn anymore? Hell no. I want to be out on the first thing smoking. Matter of fact, I'm talking to Sean Marks, and I got Rich Kleiman on the line right now to get me out. Look, Kevin Durant has put up with enough, okay? He put up the last three years having to deal with the drama of the Kyrie Irving and everything he was going through, not being available for his own personal reasons. And Kevin Durant has been reliable. He's been there for the Brooklyn Nets. He's been available. He's been hooping at an MVP level. He's been more than enough and has delivered past expectations, in my opinion, on an individual status. If I'm KD, why would I want to sit in Brooklyn and have to depend on another uh, liability in Ben Simmons? Just think about that for a second. Kyrie is gone. That was drama. Now I got to worry about Ben Simmons, if he's going to be available. Mm. Is his confidence going to be there? Or does he have love for the game of basketball? Like, KD don't need that at this point of his career. Kevin Durant, at this point of his career, not only just want to play basketball at an elite level, but at least be in an organization and on a team that's at least going to compete for a title that he could rely on that's going to be available, that he could trust night in and night out. But wanting out and demanding a trade, those are two, di- I mean, those are two different things, right? We already saw Kevin Durant request a trade over the summer. That didn't go anywhere. Should he request another one? Absolutely. Before the draft? Go to Sean Marks and say, hey, listen, you guys can't. For the draft. So we're not, we're not talking in the next couple of days. We're talking about I mean, it's going to be hard to make that happen. Right. I think, I think what, what Katie's going to do is, you know, they had the meeting with him in the summertime, and Sean Marks and the, and the ownership came and spoke to him, and he mm-hmm. sat back and said, okay, let's see what you guys do. You saw the frustration when they played against Sacramento with Steve Nash. They got him out of there. Yeah. So now it comes to a point where it's like, listen, I sat back, kept my mouth shut mm-hmm. to see what you guys are going to bring me, and this is what you guys give me? I can't win a championship like this. So we're four days away from the trade deadline. Realistically, what are we looking at here? Yeah, so the Nets, I'm always going to judge the Nets on their actions, not their words. Their actions have been that they are looking to put more pieces around Durant. They have taken the assets that they have gotten in this deal. They have taken some of the assets that they have gotten from James Harden, and they are going out in the marketplace, as Woj said, looking to bring in players that fit next to Durant. Mm. So the Nets are operating like they believe Kevin Durant is going to be bought in and ready to go, just as Woj said. But, Malika, today is Monday. Today is not Thursday. So let's just, let's just not make any assumptions between now and Thursday afternoon. So how would you assess if you were looking overall? You, you've been known to call the Nets the greatest theoretical team in NBA history. Yeah, hang a banner for that. And that's, that's just it? And that's how we're assessing them Well, now? look, I mean, it's, it's cool that they're, they're trying to rebuild, re, retool around KD. That's what they should do. He's under contract, and he's maybe still the best player in the entire NBA. Um, and it's cool that they, they did pretty well yesterday in a trade that they made under duress. The problem with that is the under duress part. And if you just zoom out of what's happened here to the Brooklyn Nets, it's like a catastrophe. Mm. They traded all their picks and all their best young players, including Jared Allen, the guy who made the all-star team last year, for James Harden. That's one slot. They turned James Harden into Ben Simmons. And a couple of picks, the picks matter. Ben Simmons right now is pretty close to a zero in terms of trade value and what he's bringing you on the court. Now they've traded Kyrie Irving for some, some good players – and, and a pick, that's all good, but just the totality of the talent drain that has happened in Brooklyn, 
is almost astonishing when you sit back and look at it. And they're going to fight the good fight with Kevin Durant, and they should. And can you imagine being Kevin Durant who signed that extension at the first moment possible thinking the other two guys were, and you're like, whoa, nobody, nobody yeah. pens don't work? You guys didn't, didn't do this? Yeah. And, and then the vaccination thing and all this, and we'll see where it ends. I've been saying since, since last season, it just feels like since the first trade request he made in the spring, yeah. in the summer, it just feels, it's, it's just hard to see him playing out the contract in Brooklyn. Mm. Park, last word on this. So, so, like, what other players out there that the Brooklyn Nets could actually go trade for that could replace a Kyrie Irving or a James Harden that they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers in the Ben Simmons trade? Like, again, we're, like, the Brooklyn Nets with a Kevin Durant, like, it's championship or bust. Every, every single season that you have Kevin Durant, it's championship or bust, especially where he's at in his career. What other player can you – can you go get at this point that's going to make Kevin Durant happy? He just lost one of the most skilled players of all time to in a trade uh, yesterday in Kyrie Irving. Like, if I'm KD, this is the point where he has to put his foot down and no one in the world should be mad at him. Not the Brooklyn Nets organization, not the Brooklyn Nets fan base, because, again, he has delivered for his, his individual play. The others haven't stepped up. If I'm KD again... I can't sit through this. I can't wait till the summertime. He has to put his foot down now. Mm. Well, I mean, to answer your first question about who can they go out and get, that, that's why Woj is saying all eyes are on, on Toronto. I'm not sure that when you're looking at a Fred, you're not equating talent for talent here, but you are looking at that team as one that, all right, are they going to be sellers, particularly when they finish this trip and take a look back and say, all right, we're at Thursday. What does this team, team want to be? But the thing about this Kyrie trade is there's just so many layers to the onion. So we peel back the fact that he's actually on his way to Dallas. We peel back that he is not on his way to the Los Angeles Lakers. And then what is going to happen with the Brooklyn Nets? We heard a snippet from LeBron, but we still have more ahead from him. He sits down with Kareem. He t t sits down with Michael Wilbon to talk about Kareem, trades, legacy, and so much more. Plus, Golden State, some tough news. He's going to be out without Steph Curry for a while, so we've got an injury update on that front. And what is the Mavs ceiling? Now that they've landed Kyrie Irving, we're going to be talking about the impact of the pairing of Luka and Kyrie as a backcourt that doesn't exactly lack skill. Stay tuned. Now let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac weighing heavily on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom, Onyeho Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good. The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liquor, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. NBA Today is presented by Levi's. Celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. 
Welcome back to NBA Today. Some tough news coming out of the Bay Area. The Warriors, they're looking at another significant stretch of time without Steph Curry. Now, the Warriors MVP suffered ligament damage to his left leg Saturday against the Mavericks. And according to the team, Steph is expected to be out through the All-Star break in mid-February. Now, the Warriors, they're 20-18 and 18 without Steph in the lineup. They're 7-8 and eight without him. And not surprisingly, they aren't nearly as good offensively, scoring seven fewer points per game without their two-time MVP. So welcoming in Ramona Shelmerd and Mark Spears. And Mark, I want to start with you since you're based in the Bay Area. Where do the Warriors go from here? It feels like just every time they look like they're starting to get right, they take another beating. Yeah, Murphy's Law is definitely beating up this team, you know, and losing Steph again. That's 30 points, six rebounds, and six assists a game. I guess a little silver lining is that, you know, it's part of this time off is going to be during the All-Star break. So they'll lose uh, or actually kind of gain a week with Steph being out at that time. And there is optimism that he will be back uh, before March. Uh, the Warriors definitely need Jordan Poole to pick it up. He loves and relishes being a starter, you know, where he's averaging 25 points and three three-pointers three a game as a starter. The guy the Warriors really need to step up is Andrew Wiggins, the guy that signed a big deal in the offseason, was an all-star a year ago, and but has been struggling since he got back from injury. He's only scored 20 points once since returning on January 1st. And another thing to keep in mind, today the Warriors announced that Ryan Rollins is going to be gone for the rest of the season as a rookie, as a season-ending uh, foot injury. But the Warriors are not going to try to get uh, injured players' exception uh, to fill his spot. Hmm. Well, I, you know, my sense with the Steph Curry injury is that this is the kind of injury that they feel like they avoided. A, uh, this could have been a lot worse. And, I, you know, Mark, you've heard there's optimism he can come back sooner. I don't know. I think they're preparing to be with him without him for a, for a while here. But that's why you have Jordan Poole. Jordan right. Poole, you know, they were experimenting with him in the starting lineup. They've kind of gone back and forth back to the to the big lineup with Kevon Looney in the starting lineup. This just puts Jordan Poole right back in that spot. And he signed a big contract there too as well. And so I think that is if you're if you're the Warriors here, this is where you have this is go time for them in this season where you were your defending champion. You have a bunch of players on a contract on contracts that make a lot of money, and and when they're in championship contention, they're willing to spend that money. But this is the time we're right. in that we're you're in the playing tournament at this point. Right. So okay, we're gonna go. We're gonna stick in the West here, but go from one Western Conference contender that's having maybe a, a less than stellar year. It's fair to say to another because the Suns they're trying to right the ship. Devin mm -hmm. Devin Booker he spoke with reporters this morning saying that he was going to play and he's looking forward to playing tomorrow. But Ramona, there has been so much yeah. swirling around this Suns team. What do you make of where things stand out? Oh, not to mention they're getting a new owner this week. Right. Okay. And so this is this is all up in this new owner. Nobody knows how he will behave as an owner, Matt Ishbia, um, if he's a, a approved and announced and they go forward. But generally speaking, new owners are aggressive in the way they want to improve the team. And the Suns were one of the teams that were we're having conversation with the Brooklyn Nets about. Kyrie Irving, they did not get him, and some of their players' names have gotten out as potentially discussed. Now, Chris Paul's name has been out there as somebody who was potentially discussed. The level of discussion is, is still kind of up for debate of how serious that was, but Chris Paul's the kind of guy where if, if he was going to be traded, he's been traded a couple times in his career, it would have gotten to him and he would, it would have been discussed with him. My understanding is it never got to that level where he was involved in those discussions, and so... 
Is there, is there anything they need to discuss with him now? Do you need to patch up some feelings? My understanding is right now he's, he's fine. But the reason his name comes up is because his contract is not fully guaranteed going forward. Right. And Chris Paul, I mean, you have to believe he is the heart, the soul, the heartbeat of this Phoenix Suns team that is still trying to sort of find their way this season. Ramona Shelburne at Mark Spears, thank you so much for spending some time with us here on NBA Today. Still ahead on our show, LeBron James. He sits down with Michael Wilbon, and they're talking about all things legacy, Kareem, trade deadline, so much more. That's coming up next. You are not going to want to miss that. Plus, a guy that battles Kareem, Bill Walton, he joins us shortly to discuss, I mean, everything. We're going intergalactic with Bill shortly. And then we need to check in with Big Perk. He has some answers to the question, who won the Nets-Mavs trade as Kevin Durant is left by himself at this point in Brooklyn. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. You know, I see my name linked to a lot of the greats that played this game, like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. It means a lot. What he did for the game, the championship runs that he had, and being an all-time lead scorer in NBA history. It's just respect. I think LeBron's legacy is, is extraordinary. For the win! His presence in three different cities, the championship each time. But he's done a lot more than that, both on the court and off the court. That's why I have a lot of respect for him. Just the correlation, being high school phenoms, to doing the things that we did off the floor, to wearing a Lakers jersey and trying to carry on that legacy, and then being a part of this conversation with the scoring record. We will kind of always be linked. LeBron James is nearing the all-time scoring finish line. He's just 36 points away from passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and could do so as early as Tuesday against the Thunder. And earlier today, LeBron sat down exclusively with the legendary Michael Wilbon. LeBron, how does a guy who never obsessed about scoring wind up in this place? (laughs) It's still... uh still mind-boggling to myself, um, you know, because I, I, I've set out goals throughout my whole career. I, I want wanted to be Rookie of the Year, you know, I wanted to be an MVP in this league, I wanted to win championships, be an All-Star. I wanted to lead the league in assists, you know, make all defensive team, defensive player of the year. I, I, I've 
never said I wanted to lead the league in scoring or for sure never said I wanted to be the all-time leader in scoring. I've never, that's never been like a dream of mine and to sit here and actually be on the brink of it happening. This is, uh, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty crazy. Well, I know you're not a numbers fanatic either, but there's some records that obviously mean more the most. Just looking at it, and you've got days now of us pushing it on you, even if you didn't want to think about it. <laughs> How does this sit with you? What what appeals, what jumps out at you as you look at all these graphics and all these crazy things with you and Kareem side by side? Um, the first thing that jumps out at me is the company that I'm in. Um, to know what Kareem did throughout his career from, we're both uh, high school phenoms as they put it on us. And then to the next level it was like, okay, these guys are the saviors or wherever, wherever they go. And Kareem went to UCLA first and won multiple national championships and then got to the NBA, was in Milwaukee and then with the Lakers and myself going to Cleveland. It was like, you guys at 18, 19 years of age, you guys are the faces. Um, and for me to be in the company with such a, a prominent, dominant force like Kareem was, it, it's an honor. I got a text from my 14-year-old son this morning saying, Dad, wouldn't it be cool if LeBron broke the record with a little skyhook? <laughs> and I said it might be cool, but it prompts me to ask, did you, in the backyard, did you ever toy with it? Or now, because you toy with so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you toyed with the skyhook at all? I, I've toyed with it more recently than I did when I was, when I was a kid. Uh, when I was younger, I grew up in the era of like the fadeaway sensation that yeah. MJ kind of started, or the crossover sensation that Allen Iverson created, or the no-look pass, um, you know, that J-Kid and that actually Magic kind of had. Uh, so, um, but I never toyed around with the skyhook unless you were playing a game of horse. You're playing a game of horse, you mess around, see if you could get one, not thinking that your friend would be able to make it a thing of that nature, but I never put it into the lab. Also on the subject of Kareem for a second, you guys had some awkward public moments there for a while, but what's it like now? Are you guys good? Have you talked? What, what, what's the relationship no, like now good. with you I mean, and Kareem? It's all good at the end of the day. We, we're part of a franchise that's so historic in the game of basketball that means so much to so many people, not only here in Los Angeles, but all over the world, that it um, that it just makes sense. You know, it's kind of weird how the stars align, you know, and the fact that I'm sitting at the brink here and being a part of this franchise with so many greats, with Kareem, with, with Kobe, with Shaq, with Magic, Jerry West, uh, Will Chamberlain, Elgin Baylor, so on and so on, the list goes on. It's, a, it's just an honor for me. Uh, a kid from Akron, Ohio, to be in Los Angeles. You know, me and my friends and my mom always talk about we we from the lore LA. You know, we call ourselves lore LA, and now we in the big LA now. So uh, uh, we go from lore Akron to Los Angeles, and it's just an honor for me to be part of this. All right, this is more a comment than a question, and tell me if I'm crazy. I think that you passing Magic, the greatest passer of all time, on the assist list, and Kareem, is more impressive and nobody talking about that. The scoring and the passing. To me, that combination is insane. Being the historian you are, I'm sure you've thought about it even yeah. if nobody's talking about it, but I, I think that's more impressive. I, I know for sure that if it was somebody else that was doing it, I would be looking at it just like you, Mike, and be like, that's, oh, that's insane. That's insane for one individual to be on the brink of being the all-time scoring 
in the NBA history and also top five all-time in assists. And he's not a point guard. You know, uh, it, it is it's truly remarkable uh, for that to be accomplished. And, and But it makes it weird for me when I think, dang, it's actually me who's, who's doing it. That, that makes it weird on me. But you cared more about the magic oh, side of sure. that equation all yeah, your, yeah, all your for life. For sure, for sure. I've always, I've always got a kick and a joy out of being able to bring the ball up or get the ball and be able to assist my teammate in seeing them score. Um, I've always had a joy from that, even when I was a, uh, when I first started playing the game of basketball in my little league, um, it was something that's always been a pride and joy of mine to be able to pass the ball and make everyone feel um, just as important as the first guy getting off the bench or the first guy that started. Has this been stressful at all? The chase? No, because it was never it was never a goal. It was never a journey. Um, you know, the stressful part for me is competing every single day to try to bring home the Larry O'Brien trophy. And how you can, how you trust the process along the way, try not to get frustrated along the process throughout each season, but still keep the main thing, the main thing, and understand that we're trying to build, I wanna build greatness every single day to try to compete for the Larry O'Brien trophy. Like, that's the stressful part. But especially, does it require more patience this year? Yeah, it requires some requires patience. You maybe didn't know you had <laughs> a lot of patience. A lot of patience. How did? What's that like on a daily basis? And obviously, people talk about day by day. You've got to deal with that. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, it's challenging. But I'm ten toes down, so I understand that once I once I show up to work, or once I show up to, you know, the 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 job description, and that's being a leader of the ball club every single day. There's no opportunity or there's no slight for me on what my mindset is. My mindset is how we can be great today and how we can maximize today for either the next game, for the next road trip, for the next film session, for the next practice, for the next bus ride, plane ride. Like, you know, I have that mentality of if we can maximize today, then it makes the next challenge that much more easy for us. Is health I don't want to say the only thing. Obviously, there are factors in right, right. this competition. But you feel if you guys are healthy, as is, yeah. you can make a run. I believe so. I believe so. Um, health has been, since we won the championship in 2020, health has been on the wrong side of our, of our, of our franchise. Yeah. And um, I believe, and I'm looking at the landscape of the league, we got some great teams, some great players, guys are coming out and, uh, being uh, amazing this year, and um, but also feel confident in our ball club and our personnel that if we can be healthy and get enough games under us where we get some momentum and we get some chemistry and we know, okay, this every single night we have this starting line, we have this rotation, we got guys that's filling in, and we know there's going to be nicks and bruises, guys going to be games off here, games off there, we understand that. But for the majority, if we can be healthy going down the later stretch of the season, we give ourselves a good chance. No team has ever asked a guy, forget 38, 34, probably past that. No team. I don't know that any sport in North America has ever asked a guy to do as much as the club needs you to do, as much as you're asking yourself. 
How long we? How, how long can that go on? How, how, you know. I mean, for me, I'm trying to push the limit. Um, push the limit. I don't know. I hope. I hope I don't know. I hope I never see it. Um, but it's it's what the job description requires of me. Um, and to my job description is lower or less <laughs> than. This is my job description. That. This <laughs> is my job description. My job description is to uh, do more and, and be productive at it. And um, I guess at this point, I wouldn't want to know other way. I, I said I wasn't going to ask this, but I am. <laughs> do you surprise yourself at this? I mean, I'm looking at some of these games. I mean, these 45 point, 49 point games. Does any of that at this point, knowing what you know, being the historian yeah. you are, you know every great player started to have a little. Yeah nosedive even if they were great occasionally yeah at 35 36 37 they they didn't do anything like this do you surprise yourself um i would say i do i do um there's uh, occasions out on the floor um i, I would say it's more sometimes like the back-to-back -back games or the, or the or the third game in four nights where sometimes i'll wake up and i'm like Oh, I ain't gonna make it tonight. I just feel it. I said, yeah, it's 20 years and got to me tonight. Ain't gonna be good tonight. And then I get out on the floor and I'm running past, you know, 21 year olds jumping higher than 23 year olds. I'm, I'm just, I feel real good on, on, on how I'm playing the game. Not only physically, but more importantly, just like mentally. I'm, I'm just so much more sharper now at year 20 than I was at year 10 or even year 15. Thank you, Will Bond and LeBron, for that excellent conversation. Check out this week's NBA Saturday primetime matchup on ABC and the ESPN app. The Lakers, they take on the Warriors at Chase Center. Our coverage begins with NBA Countdown at 8 o'clock Eastern. Folks, we're just minutes away. We're going intergalactic with Bill Walton. I truly cannot predict where this conversation is going to go, but I know he has thoughts on the Kyrie Irving trade, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Pardon the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Hi, I'm Malika Andrews, host of NBA Today, and the NBA trade deadline is quickly approaching. We'll have not one, 
Not two, not three, not four. But five hours of up-to-the-minute trades and analysis from all of our insiders around the league. The asking prices are really high. Do you make a deal? Why would we assume the drama is over? Why would the Jazz do that? Don't miss NBA Today's trade deadline special on February 9th at 1 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Now it's time for Putting in Work, presented by Upwork. The Mavs, they pulled off a major trade over the weekend by acquiring Kyrie Irving along with Markeith Morris and putting forth the effort to get Luka Doncic an all-star running mate. So here's a look at the Mavericks' closing lineup, what it could look like when the Irving trade is official, with a backcourt averaging over 60 points per game. That's in Luka and Kyrie. So this is a bold move that the Mavericks made here, but I have the two perfect people to help me break this down because... They are going to be, Zach, what I believe is just an offensive juggernaut. But how is this going to actually work? Yeah, when a trade like this happens, people start to worry about, is, is, kid, is one ball enough? What's right. Kyrie going to do when Luka has the ball? Is Luka going to be happy when Kyrie has the ball? Forget all that. This offense is going to be incredible. Luka was shooting. Kyrie was shooting. It's all going to be incredible. They're going to be very hard to stop. But the first thing I thought of, was something that you know very well, which is, yeah, they should cooperate a little bit, and in particular, they should cooperate in the pick and roll, just like Kyrie and LeBron used to do in Cleveland. It was your go-to play, and one of the reasons is, A, they, they can both shoot, they can both roll, they can both pass, and you cannot switch it because LeBron there and Luka now is going to beat you up if you switch a little Tony Parker or a little whoever onto him. And I think they could really, and you can talk about some of these plays, I think they can make hay out of it. Yeah, now the side pick and roll with the 1-3 pick and roll matchup, forced to switch, Kyrie snaking it back to the middle, has little guy Brogdon, high release jumper. We went to it every time. It was our fourth quarter play. And just to highlight, Zach, the reason that we're showing these plays with, with LeBron is because we talk all the time about how Luka is a little, has some baby Braun qualities to him. Now, he's not going to just plow through dudes and dunk and dunk like this, but look, the whole, the whole point of it is you can't switch it, and they have a counter for every defense. If you trap, and they both, one can screen, one can handle the ball. They can switch roles. If you trap, you're dead. If you hedge, you're dead. If you switch, you're dead, and you're just, and Kyrie can flare out for threes. I think they should lean really, really hard into that because it's an action that's going to be tough to guard. If you surround those two with shooting, forget the one ball problem. They are going to score like gangbusters. The questions are just going to be defense. Right. On the defensive end, can they stay afloat? Yeah, no, definitely. I think everyone's underrating Kyrie's defense. It's got better since he's been in Brooklyn. Obviously, in Cleveland, people question it, but Kyrie can play defense. Hmm. When he puts his mind to it, he can play defense. I think the key for them right now is they need to find a wing defender, a 3 and D guy. And my, my dark horse, oh, Jay boy. Crowder. Hey! Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder. If they can't get a deal done in Phoenix, Jay Crowder, take the buyout, get the rest of the money from Mark Cuban. So, so on a scale of 1 to 10, 10 being super optimistic, how, are, how optimistic are you about this working, Kyrie and the Mavs? This is going to work. This, this is going to work. They're going to plug him in. Uh, Kendrick Perkins, well, where do you fall on that 1 to 10 scale? Is this going to work? You know, I've been going on this, on this rant about how Kyrie did Kevin Durant, but guess what? I'm here to tell you right now, if Luka and Jalen Bronson went to the Western Conference Finals last year, I don't know what people uh, go expect or, or, or not think that Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic's ceiling is not the finals. Like, forget the defensive and all that defensive side of things, who's going to guard who. 
Let's just talk about those two in particular and what they're going to do offensively. We're talking about Luka Doncic, who's in my eyes, a LeBron James minus the athleticism. And we're talking about a Kyrie Irving, one of the most skilled players to ever play the game of basketball. Kyrie Irving is going to play at an elite level. One, because he's playing and he's auditioning to get that max deal that he wants. So he know he has to perform. Two, he knows that his opportunity and chances are slim to show the world that he could be trusted, even if it's for a small sample size. So you're gonna get the best version of him. You're putting him and Luca in the backcourt together in the Western Conference that is wide open, that you can't just put point a finger at no team in the West and say, that team is the favorite clear cut. This duo is dangerous. And look, don't give me nothing about the interior defense because they still have a veteran over there by the name of JaVale McGee, who they've been resting, who know how to rise to the occasion in big moments and can anchor that defense and also be a live threat at the basket. They still have Tim Hardaway Jr., who is an excellent third option player to go to who is capable of giving you 20 to 25 points on any given night and having big moments in the postseason. This duo is dangerous, and I feel like the ceiling for this duo in Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic is the NBA Finals. Hmm. What happened to Kendrick Perkins? Did I just hear Kendrick Perkins enforcer say forget the defense stuff? Who cares about the defense of Perk? What happened to you? Look, they, they did make the conference finals last year with Jalen Brunson, but also with Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and some other stuff. Josh Green is going to have to step up. JaVale McGee hasn't played all year. They got to prove, forget, leaving, leaving aside Zach. Kyrie's reliability, they got to prove that they're a contender Zach. before I just write them in. I, I'm not even perfect. I, I keep telling I, you to... They're not playing defense in the league no more. Malika, Zach. Perk, I'm going to let you take the break to get your thoughts together because we've heard from you. Tristan, we've heard from you. Zach Lowe, we've heard your thoughts on the trade. But I want to hear from the man, the myth, the legend, (laughs) Bill Walton, and his thoughts coming up on the other side of this break. The legend. It's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome back to NBA Today, presented by Levi's. Intergalactic volcanic eruption. Phoenix, Toronto. Bridges with the runner. Bridges, I love bridges. Golden Gate Bridge, the Brooklyn Bridge. I'm trying to do stats. 
I'm playing the chimes of freedom. I want overtime. I want the ball in the air to determine the fate of the known world. Charles Barkley, John no, Mayer no, no. is with us. People don't know that you've sort of been a coach to me. I, I only eat iguanas, lizards, snakes. Gary Trent Jr. has seven. What is happening? I'm trying to get you back on the beat. So when this runs out, what happens to me? When it runs out, you get to start talking. Have you ever tied your raft of vultures in? What a treat. We are now joined by the legend himself, the man in tie-dye, Bill Walton. You host the Altcast that everybody needs to watch. Throw it down on NBA League Pass each and every Monday. And Bill, I just have one question for you. Your thoughts on the two biggest storylines in the NBA right now, LeBron James and the scoring record, and Kyrie Irving being traded to the Mavericks. The floor is yours, sir. Let's start with Kyrie to the Mavericks. I want everyone to succeed in these group dynamics. But for that to happen, for that to be, and for everybody to come out on top, you have to live a life of sacrifice, discipline, and honor. And that has not been the case with Kyrie Irving. And so while I feel terrible for Joe Sy and Kevin Durant and Steve Nash and Chuck Vaughn and all the other guys who were trying so hard in Brooklyn, the NBA is all about giving guys another chance. The NBA is the most diverse workforce in the world. And a lot of that diversity is being challenged right now which is why I would like to recommend to Kyrie that he read Dan Grunfield's great book by the grace of the game, which addresses a lot of the challenges that Kyrie is facing right now. And now is Mark Cuban, who has always been known for the willingness to take a risk because you'll never know how far you can go unless you're willing to risk going too far. And that's a lot about what throw it down is about. And so uh, we try to throw it down every Monday night. Tonight's show starts at 7 p.m. Eastern time in the volcanic eruption. The pressure is building. The cauldron is smoldering. But Mark Cuban, he's got an ultimate challenge on his hand right now because he's got a brilliant player. He's got a fantastic team and franchise and fan base right now that is full of hope and opportunity and purpose, all the things that the NBA gives to us on an everyday basis. But now he's bringing in the great unknown. And unless Kyrie is willing to sacrifice and say, how can I live my life through you guys? Because if that happens, things can be magical. If they have enough talent, if they can control the paint, if they can get some chemistry going between two ball-dominant players. Mm. And then you've got to have the other guys who are willing role players for Luka right now. Then they have to change and adjust and accept and all that stuff that goes into the team dynamic. But ultimately, it comes down to three very simple things. Sacrifice, discipline, and honor. Do you want to win? And are you willing to do anything that it takes to get that done? And that's what LeBron James does each and every day. That's what Kareem Abdul-Jabbar did every day as the first 20-year player in the history of the NBA. And what LeBron James is doing right now is just incredible, fantastic, spectacular, terrific, empty the thesaurus. But Kareem, who was the greatest player that I ever played against by far, 
And I was enthralled with Michael Wilbaum's terrific interview of LeBron and going over all the passing and the rebounding, the defense, and the ability of LeBron to keep it going. Because Kareem, it was so durable. Right. When you when you have a great team, the sustainability aspects of a great team are health and then the ability to keep on the same page and not go in individual directions. Yeah. Selfishness, greed, they tend to ruin things that are going great. We'll be there throwing it down tonight <laughs> on the NBA app. Yeah, where dreams become reality, where we come to grow, and where the deal goes down. Thank where you, Malika. Great goes show down. tonight. Bill Walton, Here thank you so very much. Here we thank go. you for owning that floor. And next time you come on the show, we're going to need a tour of everything that's going on behind you. We appreciate you stopping by, my friend. The NBA trade deadline, Bill knows this. It is this week, and you can see it right down to the very second on your screen. It will be kicked off with a block. Buster Mavs Nets trade. NBA Today will be back in 60 seconds. Oh, we got to set our DVRs. 7 o'clock for more Bill Walton. NBA Today is presented by Levi's, celebrating 150 years of the 501 gene. Tristan. The countdown is on. It is right behind us. The trade deadline, it is coming very quickly. But the trade that sent shockwaves, who won the Kyrie Irving trade? Was it the Mavs or was it Brooklyn? If Kyrie's the Kyrie we know of and the player that we know he could be, Dallas won the trade. Dallas wins a trade, and that's based on the fact that you're saying Kyrie is the player that we know he is. When he shows up, when he plays to his highest potential, as long as he stays on the floor, Woo, they're going to be an offense to be reckoned with. Can't stop them. Can't stop Can't them. Stop dynamic, dynamic That's going to do it for us today. NFL Live is coming up next. Much more from NBA Today coming up tomorrow. Yep. Put them in the poll.